Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Old Chick Snowship podcast. Today's guest is Ashley Paré, and we're going to be talking all about owning your worth. So Ashley is the CEO of her own company called Own Your Worth, and she's a leadership coach for women to help them ask for what they want and without the fear of negative consequences. So basically, how to negotiate your worth within your company or your business. So welcome, Ashley. I'm so happy to have you with us. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here. So Ashley and I met, just for context, for those of you listening, Ashley and I met literally before the world locked down, just before the world locked down, at a beautiful retreat in Ibiza, Spain, where we it was a really, really beautiful spot, like incredible spot with some really amazing people. And yeah, well, then I've just been following along and I love what Ashley does. And this whole notion of owning your worth is what we are going to be focused on today because it's something that I think many of us as women struggle with. Like we tend to downplay what we know. And especially so when we're kind of in, you know, midlife or we're coming to midlife and, you know, we, we downplay the knowledge and the experience that we have gained along the way, which can actually sometimes impact where we go. So uh, I just think this is an interesting topic. So Ashley, tell us a little bit about how you became the CEO of Own Your Worth. Like what was your journey to get there? Oh man, it it was a windy road (laughs) and here (laughs) I am, thank goodness. But let's see, I graduated from college, my undergrad education, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed, excited to, you know, enter the corporate workforce and, and really just be independent, right. To kind of quote unquote, start my life. And so I negotiated, I was living in Boston and I had student loans and needed to be able to pay rent. And so I had two job offers at the time and I negotiated my very first job offer outside of school, honestly, because I didn't know any better. I just knew that I wanted to make more money uh, than I had made in my previous internships because I had loans and bills. Right. And so my first lesson in negotiation really came from, I was offered $15 an hour in that job and I asked for $16 an hour and the head of HR met me in the middle and offered me $15.50. So that was my first lesson in negotiation. And I ended up landing very, very early on within the six months of my career. I moved into human resources because I wanted to make a difference. And in that first job, I learned so much about business and people in the corporation. And as I started to grow my career in human resources, it became harder and harder for me to negotiate, to self-advocate mm. for what I wanted. And this is what, you know, I didn't know any better when I first started, but the potential negative consequences, the fears, the self-limiting beliefs, the you know, what you should or shouldn't do in corporate that piled on as I started growing my career. And even though I was in human resources with access to salary data and access to CEOs and, you know, having the HR insider scoop on how, you know, the systems and processes went, you know, this is why I'm a coach now. I coached everyone else 
beautifully on how to navigate through all of that. But I lost my confidence along the way. It was very scary for me to speak up because I risked, I felt like I was risking either the relationship with my boss or I was risking maybe even losing my job. And so finally, you know, I finally made an ask and negotiated for more money at a company when I realized I was severely underpaid. And when I was told no, and my fears had come true, right? That was my worst fear that someone's going to tell me, no, I'll be Mm. rejected. and, And what do I do from there? That was really the beginning of the end of my HR career. And that's when I decided I wanted to share everything I knew about being a woman in the workforce and everything I knew from HR, my HR perspective to help teach women to number one, own their worth and then how to articulate their value in business. Yeah. And you made, you just made a really interesting point about, you know, being afraid to speak up for what you want for fear of risking everything. And I feel like the longer you're in your career, the more you feel like you're risking. And so it's a bit of a paradox because the more you feel like you're risking, yet the more valuable you are to the company, right? And I I mean, I've definitely had that experience myself where it's like, oh, like I've got 10 years invested in this career. Like, you know, what if they say no and I have to leave, right? So let me just be quiet and go back to doing what what I was doing. So how do you, like, what is the first step that you help women with, like in terms of asking for what they want, whether that's a promotion, whether it's a new job, whether it's more money, whatever that looks like. Yes. So the first step usually is identifying, like a lot of my clients will come to me wanting to navigate what you just shared. You know, how do I get promoted? How do I earn more money or how do I get recognized? And and really the first step is to identify, well, what is this really about? So sure, you want a promotion, uh, maybe you want more money, but what I tend to find in these conversations is that women want to be recognized for the impact they're making. And Mm. sometimes they feel that more money will solve, right? Will will make them feel better, but usually it's about something more. Um, Interesting. Yeah, the first step is really to identify, well, where have you not been owning your worth? Like, how are you either holding yourself back in some way. And sometimes this is subconscious, right? Women may not be aware of it. Or, you know, what would you really, really want? If you truly believed in yourself, what would you do? Or what would you say? Right? Or where would you go? And usually from that place, sometimes my clients will say, sure, I still want this promotion. Sometimes they uncover a bigger, deeper vision and dream for their life and their career. And that step, that spark is like what That's why I love what I do, because we often just hold ourselves back and we play small thinking we have to stay within the system. Mm -hmm. Um, Play by the rules. Don't rock the boat. (laughs) Yeah. So it's hard to put into words, I guess, the first step, Jen. It's it's getting clear on why you want what you want. And sometimes it's getting more clear on, well, what do you really want? If you went for it all, what would you do? And, you know, my process to finally starting my business you know, there's a few steps that you have to go through. But I think, you know, in your work around helping your clients get clear, sometimes just taking action, right? I think small steps, taking just yeah. that first action, right, helps you get more clear. So sometimes it is having a conversation with your boss about your pay and your value and your future in that company. And when you hear the response, that's information you get to use to decide what you want to do next. Yeah. And I think what you just mentioned about really understanding what it is that you want is really key because you could go in and ask for more money, 
and get more money and then still hate your job because you're still doing what you're doing, but now you're doing it for more money, (laughs) right? So spending that time to really understand, like, again, is it recognition? Do I just want to be acknowledged for the things that I'm doing? Is it that I do need more money because I have, you know, this expense or that expense, or I know that I'm underpaid. So really narrowing in, and I guess that's probably a place where you end up spending time with your clients to narrow down that focus. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because if you can imagine having everything you want, right, is there still something missing? Right. And sometimes it's the relationship with the boss. Sometimes my clients, right, identify that the culture of the company is just no longer suited for them. Sometimes it's, you know, they decide they want to write a book or become, create their own podcast or start their own business. And I like to share that we as women, we haven't really been taught to, first of all, we haven't been given permission to have our own needs, right? We, mm. We've been, our role is Huge. usually the giver. <laughs> yes. Do everything for everybody. Put yourself last on your list. <laughs> yes. And it's hard for us to receive because we mm-hmm. think, right, that's selfish or we're being greedy. But right. if you, and this is right part of that first step to uncover, well, what is it you really want, right? If you allowed yourself to receive, so that way you can continue giving, right? What would that look like? And I really help my clients get very, very clear on their asks. So being very specific about the amount of money or the range of money you're looking for Mm. or the actual title or why you're going to raise your rates in your business because people cannot help us or people can't give us what we need if we're not clear about what we need. And sometimes we don't know, right? We're not used to identifying our own needs in our, in our culture. We're told to put ourselves last. So that's part of this process. And yeah. For sure. I mean, and one of the things, um, one of the exercises I work on with all of my clients is to create a vision, like to create a dream of like, first of all, like build your perfect day, like no holds barred, right? Just like what would be an absolutely perfect day for you? Okay. And nine times out of 10, it's lying by the pool and you know, yada, yada, yada. Okay. But even go there and then you work your way back from that. Like, how can I take elements of that or what of those things are important and then start plugging them into my life, Right. But it's like, I describe it as like trying to drive a car to a destination, but you don't know what the destination is. So how do you know if you're on the right road? How do you know if you need to turn right or left along the way, right? You just get in the car and drive and hope you end up somewhere. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And if we use that analogy, Jen, some people are in the car, but they're afraid to press on the gas pedal and go anywhere, right? Because they're, they're stuck. They're paralyzed. They think there's a wrong turn or wrong decision. And I support my clients and just taking right that first step. So either making the ask, right. Taking a left turn and then deciding, Oh, this actually isn't where I want to go or what I want, or my company can't meet my needs right now. So it's not that I have to leave. It's that I want to leave. I'm now ready to leave because it's in my best interest to. Right. But now I know, like if I never asked, I do, I would never know. Yeah. So it's like getting back in the driver's seat. For sure. Yeah. So you talked about, you know, women not asking for what they want or not being, yeah, not asking for what they want because like we've never been taught to do that. So that's one part. Are there other reasons that you see in your work why that are holding women back from asking for what they want in their careers or or even in general? (laughs) I think a lot of my clients feel like they don't know how or like the language to use, right? So from my HR background it's really easy for me to give clients like the language to say, Hey, dear boss, 
I'd love to talk to you today about my, you know, my future in this role, my performance over the past six months and, you know, how my pay aligns with my contribution at our company. Like, can we sit down and have a conversation about this? And sometimes it's so personal for, for you when you're in it that it's really hard for you to find the language sometimes to even create that safe space to talk to your boss or talk to a client that you might need. So I think a lot of it is, again, we want, as women, we want to, and especially right, if I'm working with women of color, there's layers to mm. navigate if we're talking about corporate specifically, right? And okay, sure. Because a lot of my clients are high achievers. They're go-getters. They've been through the promotion process, but it's kind of like they reach this point where I don't know how to get to that next level. And the from my, like the outside perspective of being able to say, you know, ask for some feedback or, you know, write a script. This is how you can prepare, right? So really about the preparation piece and, and how to use these tough conversations in business and at work to build bridges instead of burning them, right? Because I think that's our fear that somehow when we mm. speak up for ourselves, we'll burn the bridge. And I've had so many clients where their bosses have thanked them for coming into these conversations, like so well prepared. I've made such great cases that it's really like giving your boss everything they need on a silver platter to go advocate for you. So I think the how is a big one, like, because these, the feelings, right, our self-limiting beliefs, when they take over, it makes it feel like this task is insurmountable sometimes. Yeah. Like the question of like, oh, who am I to ask for a raise, you know, or like comparing ourselves to other people or like, well, I didn't do this for the company, but maybe what you did was equally worth something, but different. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So really doing your inner, the prep work, right? Where, how have you made an impact? Where are you overachieving? Where are you going above and beyond? How are you making your boss's job easier? What problems are you solving for your clients? Like what are their, what's their return Mm -hmm. on their and working with you? And when you can actually put the results and data in front of yourself, you can see like, oh, I am doing like, I feel like I'm doing so much and I'm burnt out, but now I can actually see that I really am. And this is how you can build a case. Yeah. I think Jen, sometimes it's, it's, this is not all on women, right? We're, we're dealing yeah. with a lot of the, the systematic issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's true. But if we, I find that if, you know, one of my clients, she decided to raise her hand and put herself up for a promotion that she knew she probably wasn't going to get, but that led her to then be invited to, speak on a panel and then be invited to do this other role that she didn't know about was available to the company. So it's, if we can identify our fears and then say, you know what, I'm going to try this anyway, you know, usually Mm -hmm. that opens more doors for us or it gives us, like in my case, I decided there's no way I can stay at this company anymore now that I've been treated this way. And it was just like, unfortunately it took it for me to be treated that way for me to realize how everyone else was being treated. And I said, enough is enough. Like I can't, I can't stand for this anymore. And I don't, this is not okay that businesses can, can treat people this way. Yeah. And again, that comes back to, as you're speaking, I'm thinking that really just comes back to understanding again, what it is that you want. Yes. Right. Because like, I know, like in my own corporate experience, first of all, not knowing what I want held me back for sure. But then it got to a point where, you know, I won't get into the details of it, but where I was kind of being pushed out of a job and um, it came to a point where I was like, okay, I can continue to fight for this job and I probably have a good legal standing to fight for this job. 
but do I really want this? And I had to do some really deep soul searching about, am I fighting this because I'm afraid of what's on the other side, right? Like if I don't do this, what is it? Am I fighting this is because I really, really want this job? And when I actually came down to it, I was like, you know, for the last couple of years, I had been really evaluating like, where, where do I want to go next? Like, what's my next move? So the question was like, okay, if the world was my oyster, would I still pick this? And when the answer came back with a very clear and resounding no, I was like, okay, now I know what I don't want. Maybe I still don't know what I want, <laughs> but at least now I had a place to start. But it all begins with us, yeah. like understanding what we want, understanding what's standing in the way of what we want yeah. and how we are standing in our own way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Like I, all, I have the saying this, like everywhere I go, there I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't escape myself, right? Yeah. So how, let's talk a little bit about career transition. Hmm. And a lot of my audience will be able to relate to this because there comes a point when you've been in your career and you might even have been at the same company, although that's less, less happens less and less now, but you might've been in the, in your career or the same company for 10, 20 or 30 years. And you're in this place of the, like, what's next. Yes. And where do I go from here? Either inside my organization which I think we just talked about a little bit, but like, how do I evaluate where to go next, either in another organization or maybe to work for myself? Yeah. Like where, how do you, how do you counsel people to take the first steps on that path? Well, if someone feels stuck, right. Or like, mm-hmm. this is no longer working for me and they can identify, like, I do want something else, but I don't know what that something else is. Mm-hmm. Then Oftentimes we'll end up doing some deep work, some deep coaching, inner child work, right? Around well, where because underneath even understanding what you want, you have to trust in yourself, number one, that that you're good enough, right? Well, our our worth is inherent in who we are. Right. Don't have to prove ourselves over and over again, right? Mm. Most of us have tried that path and it leads to burnout. So usually in that case, it's it's the worthiness work, right? That comes next. It's, you know, if you truly believed in yourself, if you could give yourself permission to listen to your truth, even if you disappoint, right? Disappoint in quotation marks, <laughs> everyone around you, you know, and you truly believe you are worthy of starting your own business or I don't know, taking a year off to, to explore and figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Or I, a lot of my clients will keep will avoid or, or prolong pivoting because of money, right? This fear around, well, right. if I have to dip into my savings or, and it's like, well, if you gave yourself permission to use your savings, because what are savings for, <laughs> to support yourself and get that clarity for your future, like how would you feel? Mm-hmm. So I guess it's like holding up this mirror about, you know, you're stuck, you know what you don't want. You don't need to know exactly where you're going it's just taking that first step. So maybe it's having a conversation with a partner or a child or a friend to say like, and actually maybe not. If it's a partner, it's like, Hey, I'm going to take some time off because I need a break. Right. Right. (laughs) Sometimes our friends want to keep us safe and they, they don't give us advice, but maybe it's hiring a coach, right. To, to work, help you work through this. So I will just say this around pivoting. I thought I had to right go from HR manager to senior HR manager to director VP right I was climbing the corporate ladder but there is no path to right one path to success and so yeah. many of us have and I'm seeing it more and more on LinkedIn which I love like people are putting mini retirement 
on their LinkedIn profiles mm. or right. Uh, oop, this was an oops job, right? Like owning the fact that, Hey, maybe I took a, uh, a break or the wrong position for the wrong reasons, but we, we're allowed to talk about that as we put ourselves forward, whether it's for another interview, whether it's for, you know, starting our own business, as long as we can get yeah. on our why, I think people, all people will relate to that. Yeah. And I know like reliving my own experience, like, first of all, that hurdle of, okay, I'm going to dip into my savings and live for a period of time, which like, since I was a child, it's like, you don't touch your savings, but like, again, what are you saving for? Like that's literally, and it was like, okay, I have to do some deprogramming here around, okay, this is exactly what savings are for. Yeah. And when I finally got over that hurdle, (laughs) I decided because I literally didn't know what I wanted to do. I decided I was going to book coffee conversations with as many different people in as many different walks of life as I possibly could just to see like how people got to where they got to, right? Like what turns did they make? Like what jobs do they have now? How did they get those jobs? What was the evolution of those jobs? And I specifically stayed away from anybody who was on the path that I was on (laughs) because I'm like, I know that path. Right. And I, and because when you're, this is the other thing, like when you're in the corporate world, you tend to be around like-minded people who are all kind of facing, having the same experience. Yes. And I was like, okay, I need to know, there's gotta be something outside of this. I need to know what that is. And so I went out and I talked to people who like literally worked in retail, you know, one was a stylist for, you know, a a high-end department store, artists, painters, real estate agents, like psychologists, like I would ask people to refer me to people and I would just be like, Hey, I just want to know what you do. (laughs) And I have to say it was probably the most eye opening thing that I have ever done because I was like, who knew these jobs even existed. Yes. Right. And it just gave me a framework to say, Oh, okay. Now I can step outside of this narrow path that I've been on since the minute, basically since the minute I entered school, right? Like go to school, get a good job, go to, you know, stay on the path and, you know, work your way up. Like you just said. Yes. And there were other people who chose different paths and did different things. And sometimes they ended up in the place that I thought I was going to, but their path didn't look anything like mine. Right. Right. And we're afraid of like failure in terms of mm. the way we look right at, to, to other people and to ourselves even, right? Because sometimes just trying that new thing or, or going off of the beaten path is if we let other people's opinions of us, right? if it holds too much weight, then that's what keeps us stuck. So you were brave, right? You opened, there's a whole new world out there to be seen and explored Mm -hmm. and you get to learn about who you are, right? When you're in a new environment, you're actually like that whole process of just finding your own truth, right? And getting- That's exactly it. And I think we lose our touch with our intuition and our truth when, I mean, we're working in the masculine world, right? The corporate world is a, is a very masculine energy driven world and yeah. we've had to adapt to survive there. But I mean, one of my superpowers now is my intuition, right? And that's why <laughs> clients love to work with me. And this is not something that typically you can put on a resume and a company would hire you for, right? No, but that's so true. <laughs> it serves us. Um, and that's where, yeah, I mean, the, you know, I come from a family where my mom had her own business at one point and- she let it go to be to be a mom. And my dad started his own business. And he actually went back to medical school at 49 years old. Oh, wow. Graduated. And so I didn't have my t- dad before that was a teacher. And so I, my parents weren't necessarily in corporate. My mom has since been at the same job for, for 20 years. And, and she has 
been too afraid to look for a new job because of, you know, she feels like she's too old or she doesn't have the skills. And to me, that feels like if we can, yeah, be confident enough just to try to put ourselves out there because yes, it might not work out. It might fail at some point. You might hear no, but you're going to get closer and closer to a yes. And I think that's what this is about, right? Being brave or vulnerable enough to, to go yeah. for what you want. And every no has a learning in it about the situation or about yourself or something, right? And again, like all of those no's are actually steering you to the yes, yes. right? Like, I mean, in my many conversations, there were some people I could talk to, I was like, hell no, that is so not what I want, right? Yeah. But like grateful for that conversation. Yeah. And I think the other thing that you just made is a really important point about as women, we, we discount our own inner knowing all the time. Yes. Like to speak up in a meeting and say, I have a gut feel about something. Like you'd be like, I mean, and I like, I'm not going to say that because they're literally going to throw me out of the room. Yeah. Right. And yeah. quite often my gut was not wrong. Right. Yeah. But I would never be able to do that. And then it got to the point where like, I was ignoring my own inner truth for so long that I got completely disconnected from it. And a big part of my journey was just reconnecting back with who the truth of who I was. And in some cases that meant meeting parts of myself that I had never, ever met because I had shoehorned myself into, you know, on a track (laughs) and there's some parts of that fit me and some part of it didn't, but I learned a lot in the process of doing that. And then that was your journey to owning your worth, right? To, to right. yourself and, and owning all parts of you. And I mean, that's, I really feel like, given the collective and the energy in the world right now, what we're going through, like this is a beautiful and amazing time for us to mm-hmm. um, revamp, right? Not only mm-hmm. who we are as individuals, but just how our society works, how we do business with each other, right? And, yeah. and there's a better way. Uh, and it yeah. does, I think, with each of us in our inner worlds, then taking action. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think to just like you said, this time, like what's happening within, you know, the world right now, um, like we're recording this during <laughs> COVID, I think it's making people really strongly evaluate what they want and what's working for them, which is absolutely like such a beautiful thing. Like if we are all, you know, like cutting off what's not working and focusing on our inner truth and working, focusing on what brings us joy, focusing on our passion and where we find meaning. Yeah. Like the world is 150% better yes. for every one of us that takes the step towards, you know, our own truth. Yes. Yes. I'm a proponent for women at any stage or age in their life to even have their own business just on the side. Like if, if you, mm. if that can be your pivot, right? Where you just start doing your own thing on the side, you don't have to up and leave. You don't have to completely quit or change your life. But if you, there's something calling you like the online business world, right? The opportunity for women to be connected in community and really to not have that, you don't have to walk in and interview and be judged, right? You can, you know, post an article and someone doesn't have to know anything about who you are, but if that resonates, you can find right your people, the people that you're meant to serve. So I think this is a really powerful time. So this is, this is, you bring up an interesting question. So when, and cause I'm seeing this more and more too, is, you know, women with side hustles, is that ever from your standpoint in, you know, the work you do with corporations and in coaching ever considered a negative as in maybe you don't have time for your job because you're busy doing this other thing over here. So that's the fear, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the 
either fear from like our point of view of, I don't want my company to think I'm not as, you know, dedicated, dedicated. Yeah. Or it's even a culture, a company that has that culture where they put that fear in you. Like if you're not going to give us a hundred percent, if we find out you're doing blah, 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 like, sure. There may be companies that are going to make it really difficult or frown upon that, but I think they're fewer and fewer, like Mm. especially, you know, the, there's so many people that have side hustles just to be able to be creative or do work, you know, through mm-hmm. Upwork or what all of these places that you can. So I don't think it's a negative. I think, mm-hmm. if, again, if you can own it, if you can manage your time and boundaries, then that's another way to build trust. Because so I'm working with a client right now who is an architect and she's on the board of this architectural organization and everything that she does outside right of her day job for that organization is actually building the brand right for her current firm because she's representing oh. them where she ever she goes so if you can think about it again as owning your value and being able to articulate it sometimes you can even bridge that right why it's good for the business that you're working at that you do have a side hustle right uh, that's a really good point i hadn't thought about yeah interesting just like kind of scenarios that are popping into my head. So let's say, you know, you left your career to raise your kids and now it's 10 or 15 years later and you're like, okay, I really want to go back and do something. Or, you know, you find yourself divorced or whatever it is and you need to get back into the career world. How do you articulate your worth to an organization when you do have that gap? And maybe this is not a straightforward answer, but like even just like kind of steps people can take in terms of thinking about that. Yeah. So I, I've seen women trying to get into kind of like entry level jobs when there is a career gap, right? Again, out of fear or that, you know, I have too long and I don't know. But I would say that if you know what you want, right, let's just say you want to get back into marketing because you had marketing experience and you're not making a complete pivot, then your experience in the work world before, plus your experience, right, either raising your children or whatever you were doing externally, it's about how you share your story about right, what you can bring to the table. So your potential, right, your mm-hmm. ability to learn, and then really your reason why, right? Why do you want to come back into the workforce, but why marketing or why this or why that? Mm-hmm. And owning the fact that, hey, you know, because I've been out of the workforce for X amount of years, I have this new perspective. I have, right beginner's mind or these, you know, I can bring, yeah, really this fresh perspective to the table and, you know, I'm willing and ready to work super, super hard. So I think oftentimes it's like getting the, in the door, right? That opportunity Mm -hmm. to interview. And I think that's where people maybe struggle because, right, they're afraid of that gap on the resume. But again, if you can own it, if you can be clear about it and talk about ways that you've learned or grown right throughout that time. And and maybe from a confidence standpoint, you do some consulting on the side first, right? Before you go for that Mm full-time job, or there's enough ways now that you could even work for, you know, a female entrepreneur to get some experience. So I think it's finding this balance between the skills that you truly have and then where your confidence gap is because you have a gap. The confidence gap. Yeah. And build, build that, up or into, right, the way that you present yourself. Right. I mean, there was a show that I just watched a little while ago. Now the name is totally escaping me about a woman who wanted to get back into the workforce. She's in her 40s and she wants to get back into the workforce in advertising, no, in publishing. Okay. 
I don't know if you, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, it's so good. But so anyway, she's having a trouble getting a job at age 43 or whatever she is after raising her kids and her husband leads her for somebody younger. And so she wants to go back into the publishing world. So she decides she's going to tell them that she's 26 and she gets hired instantly. And then she's trying to live her 43 year old self as 26 (laughs) to cover up the gap. And of course it ends in disaster and hilarity, right? But I think like the point of that was, and eventually she had to come clean and own, you know, who she was. Yes. yes. Right. Yeah. But it it was, it was just like a really good reminder is like, yeah, you can't pretend you just have to own who you are and all of the pieces of you. And eventually you find the right spot yes. to, to be, because if you have to lie to get into somewhere, yeah. it's not authentically you. No, no. Right. And this goes to, you know, old chicks know shit. So own that and bring it, you know, bring it to the table about why you're going to have, you know, offer so much to offer. Right. Uh, Yeah. And being willing to go in and prove yourself, like, you know, to prove your skills. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's interesting, but it was, it was a hilarious show and I wish I could remember the name when I remember it, I'll put it in the show notes. So anybody listening, (laughs) like just go watch it because it's, and it's really fluffy. It's very light entertainment, but it was just like hilariously funny to watch, you know, because then she ends up with like a 26 year old boyfriend. (laughs) So it was kind of funny. So just to then to wrap this up, like I know you talk about three tips, like uh, everybody who's listening, go watch Ashley's TED Talk, by the way. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, but her TED Talk is fantastic. But you talk about kind of the three tips for people in terms of owning their worth and negotiating, asking for what they want. Can you cover what those three things are for us? Yes. So number one is evaluating your self-worth, right? So really looking at where are you not owning your worth? You know, where are you f- letting fear maybe step in and then kind of moving into that? Okay, let's, let's own it. And how can I articulate my value? So what do I bring to the table? What, what impact results, right? Am I making in this business? So building that case, right. And that really comes down to most of the time asking for feedback because we're, we're we are our own worst critics. And if we don't get mm. out of our own head, um, and really take in like, hey, I am doing an amazing job, then it makes it that much harder to have these tough conversations at work. So looking at the ways that you're holding yourself back, looking at what you need to build your case in terms of, okay, I'm going to articulate my value. I truly believe, right, that I am operating at another level and I'm ready to ask for that promotion and that raise. And then the last piece is, right, be willing to walk away. So if you're going to negotiate, if you're going to make your ask, you are in your own position of power when you know that no matter what the outcome is, right? So really letting go of the outcome, no matter what happens, right? You're going to get the information you need to make the next best step in your career. Mm. So don't necessarily fear the outcome as much as like, even if you think it's your worst case scenario, when your worst case scenario happens, you will always be pointed somewhere else. Yes. And if you hear no, please, 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 ladies, use curiosity. Just ask your boss, well, why not? What else do you need from me to advocate Mm. on my behalf? No is not the end. No is never the end. That is gold. (laughs) Yeah, that's really important because then again, like maybe it's like you need this experience and then you say, okay, well, how can I get this? Help me get this experience. Where can I go? Yes. And this is bridging the gap, not burning the bridge. Really Mm. finding out why. Because maybe... Your boss has his or her own relationship with money and they're afraid to go to their boss for you. And really that's not about you. 
but if you don't ask, we make it about ourselves, right? And we, that we feel that rejection. And then we, so many of my clients had a terrible experience asking at some point in their career, which stopped them from trying that again. So no is not the end. Please use curiosity and Mm -hmm. ask why, why not? Oh, that's a really powerful point. Um, So can you just give us like a couple of examples of like some of the successes that your clients have had in working with you? Like what have they been able to to do? Like just a, a couple off the top of your head. So one of my clients did leave the workforce to raise her son for maybe three or four years. And she did what, you know, I walked her through the, her future vision, right? What was her ideal job, ideal everything. So she decided she wanted to work remotely 100% of the time. This was before the pandemic. Uh, She wanted to make, you know, like $300,000. She wanted a director level title and she did it. She did it. She ended up having four or five rounds of negotiations with the company that hired her, but she got everything she asked for. And even when she was afraid of, you know, saying like, wow, I want to work 100% remote, like she stuck to her guns and she got what she wanted. So clients have negotiated $50,000 raises, but really the amazing success stories are that women are stepping into right their, their biggest dreams. Like they feel worthy of creating whatever the heck they want, whether it's again, writing a book, starting their own business. One of my clients left, she had a PhD in science and now has started her own business. She left that whole entire world because it was never her path just to follow her heart. So Mm. it's so many clients get, you know, a monetary return on, on this work because it's just about our energy. Right. But underneath it all, my clients say that they feel worthy of whatever life that they want. And that's really the success to me. Yeah. And women stepping into their power, owning their worth and asking for what they want. I mean, like, hello, is, <laughs> is there anything better? <laughs> like, that's what lights me up on a daily basis. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Let's <laughs> yeah, let's go. So tell us how people can find out more about you and your work. Like, where is the best place to find you on the socials? Yeah, so my website, ownyourworth.com. I'm on Instagram. It's I am Ashley Perret or Own Your Worth for my name. But really my website has my TEDx talk. It has a lot of freebies and yeah, a lot of free resources. I include language and all kinds of fun stuff for you to oh, cool. think about making your own ask. Uh, so yeah, yeah, head to ownyourworth.com. You can connect with me there. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll put all of that in the show notes for everybody. Ashley, thank you so much for spending this time with me. This is a great conversation. And yeah, like I don't know, my takeaway from this is like, just don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to hear no. Yes. yes. Right? Like that's, it's, that's powerful. Like that's us taking steps in the right direction to own our power and, you know, asking why. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So good. So good. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I have chills. It was so nice to spend this time together. It was. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in. 